Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Sam from Day 60 TV, and we talk about his farming operation, uh, food for ducks, flooded timber, duck calling tips, and much, much more. So let's jump right into the podcast. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host alongside me, Graybeard from uh, Freelance Duck Hunting, and we got Sam from... Uh, day 60 TV. How you doing today? I'm good, man. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank yep, you for glad being to have on you. Here. Absolutely. Uh, so you're a farmer from Illinois and avid duck hunter. So I guess go ahead and uh, uh, fill us in a little bit about yourself and you know what you got going on. Um, I actually live in Missouri, so I live right in the heart of duck country, what people call the heartland. Um, and then 15 minutes across the Mississippi River, I farm here in Illinois. My uh, dad and I farm about 5,000 acres over here. And uh, like I said, we're in the heart of duck country over here. Um, just about 15 miles to um, the south of here is actually the former goose capital of the world, Horseshoe Lake. And so you can imagine, you know, how big the waterfowl tourism used to be um, around here. And uh, so I kind of grew up goose hunting a little bit. Um, as a kid, I'm 26 years old, so back in 2000 was the last good year they had around here, and the geese kind of quit migrating down in this area, and we kind of switched over to duck hunting. So um, about the time I got old enough to start shooting a little bit, um, when I outgrew the geese, I was actually bigger than the size of a goose, so I could hold a gun, and, uh, and we, we started duck hunting a little bit more, and um, I honestly can care less about goose hunting. It's kind of funny, that's how I grew up hunting, and... <laughs> And, and, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. Um, so we shifted gears to the duck hunting and, uh, we've got some pretty good areas here. And then as I got a little bit older, um, I started hunting Missouri, uh, quite a bit more on the public land. Um, you know, met some buddies over there and started hunting the woods. A good friend of mine, um, Chris, who, um, helps me edit the show. Uh, he, he kind of showed me the ropes from some of the public woods. And, um, and of course, once you get hooked on the, on the woods hunting, in the, where there's only one place to go after that, and that's Arkansas. And, and so uh, I started learning those public areas, and that's probably some of my favorite favorite areas to hunt is, uh, is the public woods here in Missouri and Arkansas. And we've got some public woods over here in Illinois as well. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's honestly the public woods, we got a couple places in Missouri that are just, uh, you know, it's like home. And that's, that's my favorite kind of hunting. And uh, it spoiled me, you know, once – once I got started hunting in the woods when I was about 14 or 15 years old, um, I was ruined after that. You know, I just, I was. And uh, so that's kind of, that's kind of where I am now. We, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate here in Illinois. Um, we can hunt here, you go 15 minutes across the river. You're in Missouri, drive just a little over an hour south to Arkansas. Um, and right here where I'm sitting, it's about 30 minutes to Kentucky, 45 minutes to Kentucky. You know, then same thing about another hour, a little over an hour to Tennessee. I mean, West Tennessee, we're real foot lake. I'm sure, you know, you've probably heard of that. And, uh, I mean, we're just right in the middle of it, to be honest. And we're very fortunate to live here. We've got a lot of really good public areas to hunt. Um, you know, being a farmer, um, and we actually farm for a couple duck clubs, you know, as well as our own personal property here. Um, and I, I catch myself hunting the public woods and, uh, you know, public public areas much more than I do even my own property. You know, the, the public hunting around here is, is really good. And, uh, and and we're very fortunate in this area to have a good conservation department and um, a lot of good people that run these areas. And we hold a lot of ducks. It always gives you an opportunity to hunt. And uh, that's one reason why hunting is so big in this area is because everybody's got the kind of the same opportunity to hunt. But we're pretty fortunate. Awesome. One thing I noticed about your videos was 
obviously all the work that you guys do with your land it seems like that you like to highlight that in your videos and it's really interesting can you tell a little bit more about the property that you guys personally hunt how many blinds because you guys have from what it looked like some elaborate pit blinds and kind of the history of that property how many blinds you have just a little more about that i'm interested about about that your property um in some of those episodes a lot of that's uh, a few different places some of that's in missouri and uh, that's a good friend of mine eric reinhardt that's his property he's a rice farmer in dexter missouri um which is about an hour southwest of here um our property here in illinois um it's it's we're right in the river bottom it's kind of it's kind of a really cool area like where I look right now, you know, this is this is gumbo, just as black dirt as river bottom as it can get, and uh, and you got the hills in the background. It's a really unique area, and um, we we do mostly pit hunting over here in Illinois. Um, you know, there's we don't hunt out of blinds very much. The, the ducks, for some reason, in this area over here, don't really like to come over the woods. They don't like to come over the wood lines, um, which isn't really my preferred method. I enjoy hunting out of the blind or freestanding in the water is probably my favorite way, but um, this is a really good spot here um, where, the, where the ducks move, where we're located right here on the river. There's a good, there's a refuge just to the north of us here. And then, like I said, you know, the Boot Hill, Missouri is just here to the southwest. And uh, it's a really good, you know, there's just tons of traffic of ducks through here. And uh, actually what we've done here, um, one of these farms here that we share with a landowner, um he actually what we've done is we buried some pipe out to one of our pits um and so we're able to pump water whenever it freezes um where we're at here it floods quite often and so you don't you don't really know if you're going to get corn uh we're we're we plant some rice over here now we might plant rice there we might plant soybeans there we might plant a combination of millet um, buckwheat you really have no idea but um We've got the we've got the opportunity to be able to keep open water during the during really 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 cold times of the year, and that's honestly when we have our best hunting when everyone else is froze up, the refuges around us are froze up, locked up tight, and uh, we've got a pit out in the middle of a field, basically, is what you know kind of our method over here, and uh, you know with whatever whatever food source we can get planted there. Um, and that's kind of a tactic that we work off out of out of here. And then, just to the north of, of my place here is a is a is a duck club that we farm at, and uh, we do some dry field hunting up there, um, which is kind of uncommon around here. Not many guys dry field hunt, um, and uh, we got some smaller corn holes up there. You know, like I said, where we where we are here, the the flood in the summertime is very 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 common. So it's really hard to make a game plan for what you want to do as far as, um, you know, food sources go for ducks. So you kind of got to be on your toes. And, you know, luckily for us, we've got tons of equipment to, you know, to get it done. Um, my dad's actually up, up there right now working some ground. Um, we're going to put some corn in for the ducks. Um, hopefully next week it's too dry to even plant right now. Um, so... You know, but you know, you, we, we'll plant our duck corn all the way up until you don't want to. But you know, the end of June, you know, sometimes it'll still make an ear enough to. Cause it doesn't really see. There's there's enough area around there with food that the ducks you don't really have to have too terribly much food to uh, get much traffic. You know, if you've got you know got a little bit of corn for them, you know, and you're able to plant some millet in there, we can plant our millet. I've planted it, you know, it's about 60 days and I've planted it all the way up through the end of August, you know, um, and it'll make a head before it freezes, you know, by the end of October, or, you know, early November. And so that gives you a lot of options. You know, I, I find a lot of guys don't like the millet, you know, they just, a lot of guys are, you know, pretty, pretty gung-ho on the corn or, you know, um, food sources like that. And, I've had a lot of really good success with millet. You know, if you're, if you're in a good area with a lot of traffic and you know how to hunt your area, you know, I'm fortunate I hunt with a lot of really, really good duck callers. And, uh, you know, if you've got traffic, got a little bit of food for them and a good looking hole, um, this area, you're, it's, uh, you're going to kill them. Sure. I know around here in the public lands, when they plant, it's typically, Japanese millet and mm -hmm. in my opinion of it it's like cracked ducks I mean yeah 
Yeah. In fact, we had a lease for the first time this last year, which ended up being terrible. The ducks never ever use it. I'm, I think maybe it's too small. I'm not sure, but um, that's what we planted in it was millet. But now, yeah. now just, just now, um, some of the guys are starting to do corn more at the public places, but traditionally we're not out of Kansas. Traditionally in Kansas, when, when they plant it's millet and, and, and my experience is that ducks love it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. And it's, and it's easy to grow. I mean, I've done everything from spread it with a four wheeler to drilling it with a 40 foot John Deere air seeder. You know, it's, it's really easy to grow. You know, if it's too wet, you know, you go in there, as long as you have soil to seed contact on that millet, you know, it's going to come up pretty much, you know, it's cheap. You can get out there spread it with a spreader. And uh, honestly, I've had just as good of luck as of getting it up, you know, um, pulling a spreader or, you know, if you're, if you're lucky enough, you can have a spreader truck or something like that. You know, that works really good. It's a lot easier. You don't have, you can cover a lot more ground than using a four wheeler or something. But, you know, if you've got soil to seed contact and you get a rain on it or the soil just a little wet, it'll come right up and get a perfect stand every time. Well, maybe you're the person, perfect person for me to ask this question to. So we we purchased a lease, um, northwest Missouri, right up around the Squaw Creek area, um, for the as if we had never ever pur- purchased a lease. And we had a Kansas State biologist kind of talking us through the planting, and and this was a very small um, little marsh, um, I think three three to six acres. It was small, but our crop came up perfect. We flooded it you know, we thought we flew to raising the water at the perfect time. And we were um, scouting this thing throughout teal season, throughout October, throughout November and flat out the ducks just never, ever came. They, ne- they just never showed up. I mean, we weren't scouting it every day, but we were having a farmer check it a couple times a week. Cause it was about an hour right. from us. And, and not one time did we ever see or get a report. Yeah. There's ducks using it. And we were just flabbergasted as to why, nothing ever used it or why that would be. And, and that's a, as is, I mean, I mean, I know that area is, uh, you know, well known for, for a lot mm-hmm. of traffic. It's that specific spot, you know, have, has anybody hunted it in the past or? Well, they have the, I know the guys that had it the two years previous and they did not do well, but the two years previous were really, really warm. So, I mean, the migration kind of sucked for everyone yeah. through those two years. Other than those two years, I don't know. Um, I know Squaw Creek had, and Bob Brown both just had were loaded with ducks and still mm-hmm. now it was right up against a railroad track and a train came very frequently. And I wondered, well, I've got a, maybe I've, got that a spot, I've got a spot just like that. Um, and there's tons of ducks that use it, but the trains, the trains will blow them out of the hole. That's for sure. Um, it's literally the same exact situation. Um, but the ducks do use it. You know, they use it quite often. That's it's corn up there. Um, but man, I don't know, you know, it, I, there's a lot of things you could say. I mean, if, if there's, if there's traffic and you're not killing them, you know, it could be something to do, you know, like you say, biologically, but I mean, you're not seeing, you know, if you're scouting it and you're not getting much traffic, yeah. um, I'd say you're probably just off the X. I mean, there's, there's guys over here too, you know, just a couple of miles to the West of us here. Mm-hmm. I've got a buddy that farms over there. That's got an awesome duck hole. He actually owns a contracting company, so he's got dirt pans and you know all the equipment, bulldozers, excavators, you know, to do to make to do it upright, and uh, they just don't kill them. Yeah, you know, they just they just don't. They're just kind of off that X a little bit, you know. When we're right here in the on on the on the highway of them right yeah. here where we're at, and uh, that must be it. I mean, we are smack in between Squaw Creek and the and the Missouri River. Right. So you would think <laughs> you, that would be just perfect, you know. But you all I did, I, I, we did not hunt it a single time because we're, we're public yeah. land hunters at our core. And I'm like, I don't care what I paid. If I don't think we can no. shoot ducks up there, I'm not going there. I'm not going to go yeah, there just absolutely. to see. So, well, that's good feedback. Yeah. We, we're not, we didn't renew. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> probably, it was, a good, probably a good call. It was a great learning experience, planting the millet and seeing it grow. Right. And, and, and so it was, a, it was a great learning experience. Right. Well, now, um, next time you you'll just have to get on the X a little bit better and then you'll, you'll have them dialed in. Well, I don't know. My wife says there is no next time. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm not married. (laughs) So is your land strictly your private place or do you guys, um, can people pay to come and hunt it or is it just totally private? 
we used to do some some pay hunting out here. Actually, the majority of the land that I hunt um, butts butts up to our property, and we share it with the landowner. Um, we we do a lot of the farming for him and the dirt work and excavation and, and stuff like that as far as the management goes for the duck hunting. And he ran an outfitter for uh, a long time, and then as uh, as his kids got a little bit older, and uh, you know, him and my dad are good buddies, and, and you know, we kind of made that more of a, you know, a personal spot. And the hunting actually, I think, improved significantly. You know, once we started resting it a little bit more, um, you know, we used to do some guiding out here, and uh, I actually grew up, you know, as a kid in high school, taking clients out here and stuff, and that actually helped teach me a lot about hunting and, um, uh, you know, calling and and, and things like that. Um, but uh, we don't, we don't do, I think we've probably been doing it like this for about five years now. And uh, um, there's, there's a lot of duck clubs in this area though, where we're at and, uh, and they do do well, but uh, there's a lot of pressure around here. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that's one reason why we've, we've started doing so well the last few years is because um, we, you know, we let the ducks get in there and let them sit for a day or two, you know, and all these guys around us are just blasting at them. And, uh, you know, they can kind of get in here and get comfortable. And, and, uh, and I think that's definitely helped our success the last couple of years is, is not putting so much pressure on. So this kind of changes the subject just a little bit, but you're talking about all the, the wood and timber hunting you do. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I haven't done any timber hunting. I'm in Indiana. I don't even know if there's timber to hunt, but, uh, <laughs> um, you can make some. <laughs> well that that kind of goes along with my question like how do you know like what a good woods is for like having ducks and timber in it because i know woods that have standing water in it but um i've never really scouted for the ducks in in those areas well you know most of the woods that you hunt in arkansas and in missouri and stuff like that you know it's pretty big timber um you know it's it's kind of funny watching a duck eat an acorn that's this big around but you know they they do um However, you will kill ducks over here in the in the bottoms, you know. It's kind of it's kind of more of like scrub timber, you know. It's not as uh, you know, it's not as big timber, but um, you know, I, and I think I think people harp on a little bit too much on the food source when it comes to comes to woods hunting. Um, you know, you hear a lot of guys, well, those woods aren't going to produce acorns, or you know, we had a bad acorn crop this year, or something like that. Um, but sure, that does have that does affect them a little bit, but. Um, you know, the, the ducks, the ducks like the woods for a lot of different reasons. And uh, I've got a little woods hole over here right on the river that I'm thinking about, um, thinking about doing, putting some levees up and trying to get some water on it and and, uh, and see if I can kill some ducks on it. Because um, two years ago we had a flood and, uh, and I mean, it was just loaded up with ducks and there's no big hardwoods on, on, on that at all. And, uh, you know, it was loaded, it was loaded with them. So, you know, I think if, if you're if you're in, a, in an area where there's some traffic and uh, if you let those ducks start using, a lot of guys plant food sources in their woods holes too. You know, they'll go in there and, and spread millet, something like that, you know, if it's a private hole. Um, you know, but, you know, you go down to Arkansas and, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of uh, big woods, um, you, know, you know, big open woods. And uh, those, those guys down there for all of eternity that's where my family's actually and uh those guys will tell you stories from 50 years ago you know before the duck hunting was you know super popular and the woods would be i mean i'm sure you've seen the claypool reservoir pictures and stuff you know my grandpa's got some photos like that and uh pretty crazy to see the amount of ducks that build up in, in the woods um it's kind of hard to say i mean if you had a big block of woods that was some good timber in a, in a good area, you know, good, you know, close to, you know, woods next to fields are always the best. You know, a lot of guys have some timber holes next to rice fields and things like that. And, uh, you know, those ducks will, will come off those rice fields and they'll loaf and, you know, they'll, they'll come out and they'll rest in the woods for the day or, you know, about, you know, midday, 10 o'clock or something like that. And, uh, you know, and a lot of guys have a lot of, a lot of success that way. You know, um, as far as the big woods in Arkansas go, you know, those, those, there's just, you know, tons and tons and tons and tons of ducks that use that, that, uh, use those woods. Of course, you know, in Arkansas, you know, Speckart, that area, northeast Arkansas, 
you know, that's uh, big rice country. So there's just a lot, a lot of ducks in the area. And uh, those ducks like to get up off those fields, you know, during the day after they feed in the morning and uh, start using those woods. And, you know, a lot of guys leave the woods a little early. You know, I've had some of my best hunts. You know, of course, all the WMAs in Arkansas, the, the laws are a little different as far as when you have to get off the W. But, you know, mid-morning, 10, 11 o'clock sometimes are, are when you really have your best days when those ducks, you know, they're, they're done feeding. They want to, you know, come out and rest and for the rest of the day until they get up at night. And uh, and that, that's usually I've had my best, my best hunt. And the sun's out and the ducks are pretty and you can see them come through the trees. That's my favorite. Yeah, I think awesome. a limit by about 11 o'clock is perfect. Because if it's too yeah. fast, you don't lock the memories <laughs> in. So, you know, you That's... get to talk and goof around. A flock yeah. comes in. You wait another 30 minutes, another big flock. That's just the perfect day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, when it's, and when it's dark out, you can't, the light's not good for the camera. So I've gotten spoiled, you know, do, once we started filming and doing that kind of stuff too. Um, you know, we'll let a bunch come through the woods or something and, you know, kind of swoop through the hole and let them go out know because the light's not right you know if you think it's going to be a good day you know you can shoot you know three four mallards out of a bunch you know you get two good bunches in there and you're done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know so if you if you shoot half your limit at you know at first light it doesn't leave much much uh much footage for the camera yeah speaking of the camera stuff i'm curious as to um, now, now you started, are you, are you the mastermind obviously behind, um, day 60 TV? The, the project idea was, uh, started by myself and a friend of, two friends of mine, actually one of which passed away now, um, a good friend of mine and, uh, and, and, but we actually just recently, um, kind of went different ways. He started his own project and, uh, my friend, Chris, who, uh, who we both kind of got into this together about 10 years ago. Um, he does a lot of the post-production for us and, uh, and, and he does a really good job. He's worked for, for several guys in the past. He, uh, he, he's, he's very, very, very talented and uh, he's a very good duck hunter too. So it, uh, it's a good combination of, um, you know, he, he has a good eye for it. And, uh, we, we really, uh, we enjoy working together and, and, uh, you know, when we go out and film, you know, we kind of switch off, we both film, we both hunt. And uh, when I first got, when I first got into it, it was tough for me. I got into filming when I was probably 16 years old. I drained my savings account to buy a Sony HD camera. Um, and I was like, you know, I can do this. You know, all these guys were coming out with hunting TV. I thought I could do this. And, um, of course, you know, I would film. And, you know, you're, you hunt. And then you try and let your buddy film. Who doesn't have much experience with the camera. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like, kind of like I'm saying, there's, you know, group 50 comes in and boom, 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 and, you know, you're like, oh, my God, did you get that? And, uh, oh, man, the camera wasn't on or you're saying, yeah. something like that. So <laughs> it makes it makes it really enjoyable to to, to, to share to share that with, with guys who, who are uh, really talented in the field as well, you know, on a duck call, on a gun, you know, um, you know all aspects of hunting. And then you can switch off and, and uh, you know, share the camera, too, and, and uh, everybody gets kind of the best of the both worlds. But Chris does do most of the post-production. He's, he's very talented. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got into that when I was a little bit younger. And, uh, and, and we both kind of got into it at the same time. And he really took off with it. And I kind of leave it to him. You know, there's a lot that I can learn. But it, it takes me forever to do 10% of what he does. He, he's very talented. And, uh, does a really good job, for sure. We, we're going to have some really, really cool stuff coming out um, in this past season. We're going to have several episodes that we're actually working on right now. Um, it's going to be really, really, really cool stuff. So uh, I'm really looking forward to putting that out for everybody and, and uh, you know, getting that out and sharing that. We, we had some uh, some really good hunts towards the end of the year. We spent a lot of time in Arkansas once, once we finally got some water down there. And I uh, got some cool hunts here at my place at this point. And, uh, and, uh, it's, it's going to be some really cool stuff next year. And I'm really excited to share that with everybody. So two years ago, basically you had been filming hunts, but then two years ago, you decided to start the day 60 TV. What, what was your motivation to start and where, what's your goal with the whole thing? I know you guys are on YouTube, you're on Facebook. Um, your videos are kind of high production quality with really good visuals and music. What is your 
end goal, I guess. And why did you start? What's your end goal with it? Well, when I got started in this, kind of like I, I, I told you in the past, I, it was just kind of for fun. And uh, then I started working freelance for some guys and just filming for, I filmed for numerous people when I was a kid. Um, when I say kid, you know, 18, 19 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I, got, I, got a, I got to learn a lot as far as how everybody and some different guys produce their shows. And uh, I really learned a lot from, you know, hunting around a lot of different people. And uh, fortunately, Fortunately for me, um, some of my friends are tied in the waterfowl industry, and uh, I got involved with Banded. I'm sure you know um, Banded, the, the company, and mm-hmm. uh, and got tied in with those guys when the company was was uh, was very new, and and so that kind of brought me into that side of things, and I kind of actually got out of the filming for a little while. And, uh, you know, just kind of worked with those guys. At that time, Keith Allen was in charge of the duck calls. And uh, I helped him a lot with tuning calls and things like that, and working shows and expos and traveling around a little bit. And uh, and then I got hooked up with a couple buddies of mine um, that, that were kind of doing the same thing. They were kind of doing it for fun. And they were really good duck hunters. And I got I got to hunting with them. And, uh, I, and I, you know, we kind of, we kind of, Picked, picked around the idea of, uh, you know, let's, let's put a little effort into this. You know, we filmed a little bit. Those guys were actually doing a project for, uh, for, for some kind for something. And, uh, and I helped them a little bit. And uh, I was like, we should, we should, we should uh, team up a little bit and, uh, you know, put a little bit of effort into this. And uh, it could really be something cool because, uh, you know, we all have a little bit of experience behind the camera. And, uh, you know, we, we hunt some of the best spots in the area, the country really and uh and, and and so so we kind of put two and two together and we started that project and that was my friend brandon and rory at the time and rory passed away a little over a year ago and um and so after that we we uh we kept we put the project down for a, for a while after rory passed away and uh we kind of picked it back up last summer and then uh you know chris and i were continuing with day 60 and brandon actually started his own his own little project. So, um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun and uh, a learning experience for sure. Um, we've had a lot of success, you know, with feedback from our videos and, um, you know, being tied in with, um, you know, some good companies like Bandit and Gator Tail and, and, uh, you know, people like that and, uh, really been able to get our content out there, um, at, a, at you know, pretty quick. And, uh, we've had a really good response and that was kind of how we started. We're like, well, we'll, we'll start it. And, uh, you know, if people, people like it, then we'll keep it going. And if people don't, then we're not really out anything. And, and so far we've had really good response. And uh, you know, I'm actually developing a website right now and coming out with some logo gears and things like that. So we got some big things coming up. Uh, once we start, start putting some more episodes out of this past season, um, it, it's going to be exciting. And uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure. So are, are most of your episodes then on Facebook or do you, do you uh, like have aspirations for them to be like on a TV channel or right or now, um, right now we release everything on Facebook. Um, as you know, in today's day and age, that's the best way really for people to, you know, kind of access it and, and see it. And uh, once we get a few more episodes out, we talk to a few different uh, web platforms, um, you know, companies like carbon TV and, and things like that. And, uh, and, and getting getting it out there that way. Um, right now, you know, I've, I've tossed around the idea a few different things, and um, right now that's honestly the best way to go for us um, until you know it, maybe we can get some get some more companies together and uh, you know put put something together as far as putting something on TV. But um, you know, I think that's kind of the way the the, the industry is going. You know, is as you know. You know, there's no more blockbusters, or you know, people don't rent DVDs or anything like that anymore. It's Netflix and things like that. And so, I think the whole movement of that is kind of going towards that web series platform. And so, uh, and, and so that, that's kind of the direction that we're going with it. I'm open to different ideas, but uh, you know, we've had some really good success just just by um, putting things out on social media. And uh, but I think we are going to go that route once we get a few more of these episodes done from this year. Um, I think we've got some plans put together to do something like that. So that's kind of the goal. You know, you can reach a little bit uh, wider of uh, audience that way through the people who are 
you know, fans of their channel and, and uh, that watch, you know, watch their channel. So that's kind of the direction that I think things are going. And I think we're going to follow the trend. So what's your, what's your plan for YouTube? Cause I know you've got what seven or eight series episodes on YouTube. How, how does YouTube play in to what you're doing? Really? We just use YouTube as a, um, we release everything through Facebook. Um, that seems to be the best way to access people and to get, to get people to see it. Um, YouTube really is kind of a base platform for us as far as, you know, um, a channel goes, you know, it's easy. It's, you know, say, look up our channel on YouTube. Um, our, our channel is day 60 TV on YouTube. So, um, you know, we have, a all the episodes and any, uh, we do some pro promotional videos, and, you know, short clips, things like that, that, uh, you know, we post on there. And, and so that's kind of a home base with just the video stuff. You know, you go through Facebook, sometimes you gotta scroll and scroll and scroll or click around, you know, maybe to find episodes. So YouTube's a good, a good platform, you know, it's a good home base for all of our, you know, higher quality videos and stuff like that. So, um, sure. Usually when we release something, we'll release it on Facebook, but it'll, it'll always have a YouTube link as well. Okay. Well, they're, they're really interesting, high quality videos for sure. You guys are doing a great I job. I appreciate that. Uh, there's going to be some, be some really cool stuff coming out uh, really soon. So I'm excited about it. So you guys hunt during the year and then you release videos the following year. Is that? Yeah. You... Um, so this is our first year really putting out um, this past year, putting out videos. Um, so some the the videos coming up from this year will actually be from the 2017-2018. So, um, you know, we'll film during the waterfowl season, put out some um, content, you know, throughout the year, and then following, you know, spring, summer, things like that. Then we'll start working on episodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's kind of when a lot of people really like to start watching stuff. You know, it's kind of like you're saying at the beginning of the show. You know, you don't have much to do or you know, you're kind of got the waterfowl blues, as people like to say. Yeah, but, that's for sure. You know, it gives you something to do. You know, you can look, watch, watch, and kind of get you, get you in the, in the mode again, and things like that, and gives us something to do in the off season too. You know, we get yeah. to go back and re relive those moments, and uh, and uh, and go back and play around with the footage and stuff like that, and it's fun. Um, Jordan, I'm sure we're getting close to the lightning round, but I want to ask one more question before. Uh, we get to that can you tell us a little about the camera equipment you have and um, what what cameras how many cameras what what cameras you guys are going with we we, we have we do a lot of different a lot of different things we have a sony fs 700 which is a you know a little bit higher quality video camera um it does some some pretty pretty incredible slow motion type footage um and then we'll, we'll use dslrs things like that gopros are awesome to have um we have we got a you know a handy cam that we use you know an HD cam, handy cam that shoots in 4K raw and uh, do you know what handy cam well, is that you guys using? That's a that's a uh, a, a Sony FS700. Okay. Or no, 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 no. The the, the 700 is, is the bigger camera. The shoot, I can't. I'm, I'm having a brain fart right now. Why do they it's name the, cameras stuff people can't remember? They, have you ever exactly, wondered that? And that's and that's the thing. Give them thing you, a nickname. The Sony Lightning. The, Everyone would know it. I use the Sony Lightning. You, right? get look, you get to looking it up, and you start thinking numbers, and then I start, and I'm like, no, that's not that's not the nugget thing. That, that's the name of my social security number. That's, that's not even they do that. It's a that's stupid name. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but but uh, oh, okay. AX1000. That's what it is. AX1000. Okay. All right. But, uh, cool. Yeah. So it, that's that's actually probably I, I always recommend that to people. It's it's probably the best bang for your buck as far as the cameras go. I mean, it's literally a handheld um, camera. It shoots in 4K or 1080. You know, um, you know. What's you the price? Your, What's the price point on that? You can you can buy a, a good used one for just over a thousand bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you can buy a new one for fifteen hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the only thing is, this, he doesn't really run all, any audio equipment or anything to it like that. Um, you know, we, we use the bigger camera, we use a 700 for that. Um, but you know, it's, it's really handy to have, you know, a, a lot of these production, a lot of these production companies and, and hunting TV shows, um, <laughs> not, not trying to, to talk down on anybody, but a lot of them are a little green as far as they don't really want to get their hands dirty. And I understand why now, because the camera equipment is so expensive and they're so in depth and, you know, you want to shoot off a tripod the majority of the time, and 
you know, it's just not ideal for footage. You know, if you can't get good footage, then you're really kind of spinning your wheels. So having that good, um, a, a smaller camera that's mobile that you can, you know, stick in your waders in case you fall in the water or something like yeah. that is a really good tool to have. And uh, that's kind of what we got started using. And uh, then we upgraded our equipment once we uh, started upgrading our production quality a little bit. Um, you know, audio equipment and stuff like that's very important once you start, once you start, um, you know, producing episodes and, and things like that. Um, so that's the only downside to the handy cams is, you know, and some of them do have, uh, do have XLR ports and stuff like that on them for audio and external mics and things like that. But um, majority of them do not. That's the only mm -hmm. downside of it. Mm -hmm. cool. GoPros, GoPros though, you know, um, perspective, you know, POV cameras are awesome to have, you know, a lot of people have GoPros. Um, I think a lot of people utilize their GoPro as good as they should. Um, you know, those are always handy to have. DSLRs are awesome, shoot awesome video. Um, the only problem with that is they're not very good for ducks, you know, moving them, things like that. Yeah, um, the stabilization's an issue yeah, with them typically. Yeah, that's the only, that's the only issue with them. But, um, you know, a lot of times we'll set up a DSLR on a tripod just in the hole you know, maybe a guy sleeping on a tree hunting and he'll just kind of have that DSLR zoomed out. And as a group comes in, you know, he might just hit record and mm -hmm. uh, almost use a DSLR as a POV camera, you know, a little yeah. bit higher quality POV camera. Mm -hmm. you know, knock it over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you guys are running a pretty expensive set there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not cheap. And it's not, not no. much compared to a lot of guys. A lot of guys do some crazy stuff, man. And no, it goes yeah. back to, like I said, is you know, we still, we hunt how we hunt, you mm -hmm. know, and, it, and if we can get the cameras in there, great. If not, a lot of times we leave them at, at, we leave them at the house because, you know, um, you know, that's, it, that's, that's kind of, that was kind of our motto from the start, you know, our, you know, our slogan is hunt like there's no tomorrow, you know, so we, we, we stayed pretty true to that as far as, you know, we've lugged some camera equipment through some, through some pretty sketchy stuff and holding the camera above the water and, you know, yeah. Stuff like stuff like that, you know, crossing ditches and chest deep water, carrying cameras and camera cases and audio equipment, and and uh, you get into some pretty pretty sticky situations sometimes, and you know, in the boat, you know, running through the woods and hitting trees and crap flying out of the boat and all, mm -hmm. all, kinds, of, all kinds of stuff like that. So, but uh, that's kind of our that's kind of our forte, man. Is is uh, you know getting into those places that a lot of guys don't don't usually go. And yeah. uh, capturing that footage, you know, and hunting the same way everybody else does, and and uh, you know we're not we're not paying thousand bucks a day to go hunt at an outfitter to film an episode for you. You know we're gonna go in our backyard right here and uh, try and get the best quality footage that we can. You know the same way everybody else is. You know we all got day jobs. You know a lot of uh, we got started in this. We were all in school, so mm -hmm. we were going to class and you know doing all that kind of stuff. And so we. We try to stay stay true to that, and and uh, you know, we can't get the cameras in there. A lot of times, it's our best hunts. You know, we don't get them on film, unfortunately. But, yeah. Uh, well, you guys are doing a good job. It's good, it's good content, and everyone listening should make sure and 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 check it out because it's certainly worth your time to, to look at it. We uh, we use Instagram a lot. You can follow us on Instagram at Day Sixty TV. Same thing on Facebook, Day Sixty. Um, YouTube, Day Sixty TV. So it's pretty easy to find and. Uh, you know, we put content out, to, you know, on there, videos and short clips and things like that. And like I said, we're gonna, I'm actually gonna have a website out here fairly, hopefully, maybe within a month or two. Um, and we'll have our videos up on there and stuff, but we're gonna have some cool merchandise, logo tees, hats, some cool hats and stuff like that. So, and, uh, and we'll post updates about all that. So uh, cool. we're gonna have some cool, cool stuff coming out this summer and uh, we're excited to show everybody. Good deal. Awesome. Uh, so I guess another question before we get to the lightning round. Um, so one thing you mentioned about your past uh, um, beforehand was that you got into competition calling when you were younger. So I guess uh, kind of give us the lowdown on that, you know, how that helped you out with your career in, in duck hunting. And, and yeah, uh, you know, if you got a duck call with us, so you can give us a little example. Or <laughs> I, I wish I did. I, I'd love to. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. But, yeah, that, that was something that kind of got me into the industry a little bit. Um when I was younger, um, I got into contest calling. Um, I met a couple buddies who who were into contest calling, and uh, 
they kind of got me into it. I kind of, I kind of went to them for, uh, you know, in, you know, info and, uh, as, you know, I kind of picked up on it and, and, uh, you know, I grew up hunting and my dad's a good duck caller. And, and uh, so I picked up on it pretty quick and, um, I met Keith Allen. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's, he's a good friend of mine to this day still. And we hunt a lot together and, uh, he's an incredible duck caller. As a matter of fact, um, he's one of the best live duck callers in the world. And, uh, and so he, he taught me a lot and, we actually used to get together at their duck club in New Madrid, Wildfowl Adventure, uh, is what it used to be called. And uh, we'd get together every Wednesday night, if I recall correctly. And, uh, you know, we'd call and, uh, you know, there's a lot of other good guys in this area that are, you know, boys top in the world. Um, and uh, so I did that for a few years. And um, as I got better and better and better, it was kind of funny. I, I actually kind of started figuring it out a little bit. And uh, I kind of quit doing it. And I got more into the filming side of things um after that but one thing i did do through all that was it taught me how to be a, a really good duck caller and uh you know i was able to take contest calling um the best thing about contest calling is it teaches you how to run a duck call um you know you, you use it as a tool and it, you really learn how to use it and so then you can take that to the field and uh and if you hunt a lot fortunately you're able to put two and two together and uh and, and learn and learn from that and that's what i was able to do and so i kind of after i kind of had it a little bit more figured out you could say i uh, i kind of got out of the contest call and got more into the side of things in the industry and, and that's probably one of my favorite aspects of duck hunting is the duck calling um no doubt about it um it, it's that's what excites me um but if i if i can't uh if i can't go and blow my duck call you know, I don't really, I don't really have any desire to go. You know, you sometimes you go with people who, uh, they, you know, there's a lot of guys, they just have rules and, you know, they don't call much or only one guy calls or this and that. And, um, my opinion, that's bogus. Um, there's a time and place to always call, um, you know, whether that's soft calling or, you know, just calling them on the corners or hitting them hard here and there, you know, you should never, I mean, go, go look at a field of ducks. It's never silent. I can promise you that, you know, there's a time when you need to put it down. Absolutely. Uh, 110% there's times when you fall down, but, um, as far as never calling, um, that's just, you know, if you never call, that's just because you're not calling them right, you know, and, um, that's something that I've, I've really been able to learn is hunting all over the place is you don't get stagnant hunting in one spot. You actually learn how to read the ducks and read what they respond to and, watch those wing beats and, you know, the noises that they make, things like that, and how, um, how to actually get those ducks to respond to a call um, or just sound like real ducks. It's uh, the best thing you can do. Awesome. Yeah, that's you some know, good I, insight. <laughs> one, of the best, one of the best rules of thumb Keith taught me when I learned, when I learned this, and he still uses this analogy all the time, is, you know, you, if you're working ducks, it's kind of like you got them on a lasso. You know, when let them, let them get out a little bit, almost as far as you can reach them, where you're about to lose them, and then you hit them hard on the corners. <laughs> then you bring them back and kind of drag them in, drag them in, but get a little softer. You know, and, and create that more, that realism, you know, and, and just kind of, and you're, you've always got those ducks on a screen all the time. So you, you you, you've got you want you want to be able to have full control of that of that you know that bunch of ducks the entire time you know and just read those ducks and what they're doing and that and that determines what comes out of the call you know um, a lot of guys don't call and ducks on top of them you know things like that you really just have to really just have to read the ducks and what they're doing and uh, you know that's the best rule of thumb you can tell anybody is hit them hard in the corners soft on them when they're coming in. You know, a lot of guys, you know, tell, tell, you know, beginning beginner callers not to call at all, and I would disagree with that. Also, that, you know, you get call there. You get the, you get those ducks on a corner. Let everybody call. Let those let those uh, less experienced callers chime in. You know, hit them hit them on the corners, and then and then once you get those ducks to turn and come back towards you, you know, then let your more skilled callers you know, kind of drag, you know, drag them in, so to speak, and uh, finish them and ride them in the decoy. That's a good idea. That's a good way to teach, you know, the younger guys how to call, you know, 
it's hard to it's hard to learn how to call when you're a kid if you call, you know. So you can kind of kind of chime in a little bit, and that's a good way to create some more sound and realism. Yeah, and that, that's a great thought because my experience with with uh, people that haven't called much is they blow in too loud when they're in too close. So Absolutely. just train them to call them on the corners, like you said, and then staying off their call as they're approaching. That's that's a great, great, great thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, it, you just, it takes a while. <laughs> it takes a while to learn. Fortunately for me, the best way for me to learn, too, is just being around guys that were really, really talented duck callers. When I say talented, I mean some of the best in the world. Um, you know, I, I hunt with um, one of my good buddies is Slayton here, and he just won the two-man worldwide duck calling contest. I um, grew, grew up learning from Keith and Christian and, and, and Chris and uh, you know, Michael Steinmeier. And those are all guys that I kind of, you know, they got me into duck calling. And those are some of the, some of the best in the world, literally. And, uh, and so hunting with those guys, and you, it's just like playing a, playing a trumpet or uh, when you're a kid in school, you play the record or whatever. You get an ear for that sound, that note. And uh, once you develop an ear for it, then you know where to find it. You know, and you and you develop the ear for that for that for that sound, and then you take that thought woodshed in it. You know, then once you find that, once you find that sound and that tone of that realism, you know, then you woodshed it, and then you kind of actually create um, realistic duck calls, realistic sounds, and uh, go out and listen to live ducks. And, yeah, okay. Kind of put put those two together, and there you have it. Yeah, that's some great insight. We may uh, we may have to have you back on for a whole podcast just about duck calling strategy. Sure, sure, <laughs> it man. seems I, like there's a lot of information about that. <laughs> there is, and I've been fortunate to learn from some of the best. So all the information that comes out of my mouth has all been given to me from a lot of different people, and I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to do that. Awesome. I guess uh, let's go ahead and jump into the lightning round, unless you got anything else to add, Elliot, before we go to that. Nope, this is a great time to do that. All right, so lightning round, just quick questions, quick answers, just bang, bang, bang. So, All right. um, what gun do you shoot? Benelli Super Black Eagle Two. What's your dream gun? Mm. It Benelli. can be the same gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? What? Uh, three inch or three and a half inch for shells? Three inch. Three inch. Shot size. Threes. Three. Uh, ducks or geese? Ducks. Face paint or no face paint? No face paint. Uh, favorite duck call brand? Oh, man. Pure duck. Keith Allen's, Keith Allen's uh, pure duck. I'm sure is probably it. Nice. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a cut down guy in the woods. You know, I like using a, a PSO cut down when I'm in the woods. You know, nothing beats an old in the woods. So you got to have it. Nice. Uh, what's your... Uh, Brand of ammo. Heavy shot. Uh, rivers or uh, f- fields. Fields. Uh, timber or fields. Timber. <laughs> is timber just king? <laughs> yeah, it really is, man. If, if if you if you told me that I could only hunt the woods for the rest of my life, I'd say I'm fine with that. <laughs> as long as I knew the woods had water. As long as I knew the woods had water. That's the only problem. That's the key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the woods don't get water, and that's when uh, that's when a guy like me, he's got the blues bad, real bad. <laughs> uh, lucky Duck or Mojo? Uh, lucky Duck. Beard or no beard? Beard. And uh, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. That was lightning. That was quick. <laughs> I'm actually not much of a motion wing decoy guy at all, to be honest. Um, I'm just on the fence with the whole deal. I've just seen where uh, you guys in your videos, you just kick the water. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in the woods we do, you know, and in, in Arkansas, you can't use mojos, period. Um, oh, yeah. But, Didn't know. you know, that's 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 something that that's something that I really firmly believe in, just water movement, whether you're in the field or in the woods. I think the water movement is much more effective. You know, Hard to beat a mojo on a sunny day. I mean, that's just it's it's always going to help you most of the time when it's sunny out. But water movement, I think, biggest, 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 deadliest key you can have is a duck hunt for sure. Maybe even more deadly than a duck call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good call. Jerk cord, man, that's my go-to. 
Spirit cord. Okay, we're gonna have to add oh, that to the list. Oh, there's such a pain in the butt, though. Those oh. Like, <laughs> Getting tangled in the dog. I know. I, I like having them out. I just like it when other people are the ones that are dealing. Yeah, when with they them. when they're when they're using them. Yeah. Yeah. You just get to sit there in the blind. That's why you you gotta you gotta bring that one guy that's not a duck caller. Yeah. Just let him just pull on the cord the entire time. And we've got, got that guy. Yeah. We have got that guy. That's your job, man. <laughs> and they can feel important. Yep. <laughs> and then somehow I still find a way to uh, nitpick. When he's, Come on, you're not pulling it hard yeah. enough. Right? Pull it more, pull it more, pull it more. Yeah. He's like, I am pulling it. Yeah, yeah. you pull it. <laughs> so they need to have like a motor with uh, just they do. It just they spins do. it around and jerks the the cord for you. They, <laughs> they got one. They do. Actually, a, a friend of mine and a company that we work with called Perfect Limit Outdoors. Um, check them out on Instagram, Facebook, everything. Um, they actually sell them in, in Max Prairie Wings. It's called the DP Designated Puller, and it's like a windshield wiper <laughs> motor. And uh, it, yeah. you, hook a, you, hook, you hook a jerk cord to it, and uh, you, you know you put a put a battery on it, and uh, you know you can't use you can't use battery um, you know decoys or anything like that in Arkansas. But it's great for great for you know uh, for for fields and stuff like that, and uh, it, it creates a lot of movement. You can put a bunch of decoys on it, you put a heavy duty jerk cord on it, thing will just sit there pull it all that long hmm. it's a pretty cool deal so nice. check check it out and then, <laughs> and then you, you won't then you won't have to get on to your buddy anymore not going yeah no it's Learn more fun just to day. get on him about it yeah you gotta get, 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 get you a good reason to get on to yeah for sure all right well anything else you want to add elliot I don't think so. I, I think this has been wonderful, great information, and you guys have a great product. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and maybe we can have you back again sometime. Absolutely, man. I'd love to be on that. I, I enjoy talking to you. So I know you kind of gave us a little lowdown of uh, your social media, but go ahead and uh, let people know where they can find you again. And uh, We're on Instagram at, at Day60PD, um, on Facebook, same thing there, Day60, and uh, on YouTube, day 60 Awesome. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Sam. And uh, I'm Jordan. And and uh, for Elliot, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy. You've been listening to the Duck Gun Podcast. Um, thanks, as always, for tuning in. And two quick reminders for you guys. If you could do us a big favor and go down to the review and drop us a five-star write us a review it helps us out a ton um only takes about 10 20 seconds so uh yeah and don't forget to check us out on fellowship of the duck gun on facebook where we continue continue the conversation afterwards anyways guys next week we have a panel with a bunch of youtubers so be sure to tune in for that and we'll see you guys next time let's go